1: hear the sound of those sirens, y'all. That can only mean one thing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsiders Podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network. This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Morris, and I am joined, of course, by my golden lover, Mr. Rance Morris, a.k.a. Ray Cash. How you doing, sir?
0: What's up, sir? Feeling Uh, golden lovery? Is that a thing?
1: I mean, sure. You're feeling (laughs) golden and loved?
0: Yeah, that, that sounds better than what I said, yes. We'll go with that
1: well, one. Good. You should. Uh, because there's a lot of love in the house tonight, y'all, because not only am I joined by my good brother, Rance, but I'm also joined by, you know, believe it or not, folks, this is a three man show. There are, in fact, three hosts of the Outsider's Edge podcast. And Outsider Carl has joined us this week <gasps> what? out of exile in Arkansas uh
2: how you doing brother doing good man uh miss you guys it's been a while had a lot going on in my personal life uh and then once that kind of got sorted out i was able to kind of take a few weeks to myself and just kind of decompress from all the nonsense and i was inspired to come back this week an inspiring weekend has brought me back
0: so here i am pray till mr 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 kirvin what was it that so inspired you to come back well i was just inspired by all the, the talk of uh aw's
2: recent pay-per-view all out i mean nothing but five stars and gold stars and hanging stars on a cloud for the apparently the greatest pay-per-view ever told ever written ever produced so i had to jump on and it and to to be fair i mean obviously it was a great pay-per-view and there was a lot of crazy stuff that went down so um returning wrestlers and such and people changing companies and yada yada so i had to be here for this one because i was just i'm I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that i'm not the only one who has just a little bit of like uh, about it but maybe i'm wrong i don't know we'll see
1: I mean, you can tell the truth, Carl. You were bored. You had nothing better to do, and you couldn't <laughs> duck us anymore.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, what, what, what your boy Karen Cross says? Everybody has to pay the toll. I, I to don't know. Is toll, that sorry. what he said? Is that, was what he saying, is, that, is that what he's been saying? That's, I, what, I that's, really that's, wanna... that's one of, like, his major things he's been saying for, like, a year and yeah. a half. Bro, oh, the only thing toast. I know about
1: the only thing I know about creator wrestler cross is oh, wow. TikTok and scarlet bordeaux. That's all I know about creator cross.
0: Boy, milk toast, these, these, so are, my, these are my co hosts, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you, did you, you see what I what said about it
2: last night? He looks like one of like like Lex Luthor, but a Q, because you know how he is. Oh, for oh sure. Oh, God. Oh, for Ew. sure. Fall with
1: the of, suit on. I mean, speaking of MAGA, um, another MAGA-owned company, AEW had a huge fucking pay-per-view this weekend. Um, you know, Rance, you said last week that you feel like Double or Nothing is their number one show of the year, and that's fair. An argument can absolutely be made that Double or Nothing is their biggest show of the year. But, man... They pulled out some biggest show of the year stops on Sunday.
0: It, w- it was very WrestleMania-esque feel, yes. It, indeed it was.
1: Um, so, you know, we're not a fucking recap show. If y'all want the recap, you can do what we tell you to do every week on this show. Put your money where your mouth is and buy that shit. Rance and I bought that shit. Um, so that being said, I mean, Carl, we know better than to think you watch the show, but I'll have questions for you in a moment. Um <laughs> Rance, what was your top three moments other than the big debuts? Top three moments for you from all?
0: Okay, definitely the biggest moment was the that cage match. My God, the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks went out there and gave a hell of a performance. Um, My daughter was with me, and um, so we got a chance to watch it together. And she watched the whole show with me. And um, I I spoke to her about my Disdain for the Bucks, and she likes the Bucks because they're flashy and got all the colors. They do the flippy doos and they do the flippy doos So back going through the match at multiple times, she was like, "Okay, I like them. Now nah, I don't. Okay, I like them. Now nah, I don't." Um, but I wasn't really into the match until they brought the the night the, the Air Force the ones with the with the, the fucking with the th- tacks. tacks. Then it the changed to the
1: detail in that moment.
0: Beautiful, and it flipped. From that moment on, it became I loved every moment.
1: Carl, have you seen a picture of the forces with the thumbtacks?
2: Yeah, I saw it. Like I saw it.
1: Just, just the attention to detail in that moment. Like wow, right. I don't even, you know, I don't even fuck with the bucks, but like wow,
0: that was so good. So, so that absolutely for sure is number one. Two, I really enjoyed more than I thought I would. Miro versus Eddie Kingston. That was a really fun match for me.
1: I think the reason and I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be totally off base, but just knowing you the way that I know you, I think the reason that a match like that would hit for that uh, would hit for you is because Miro and Kingston are storytellers. Yes. And that's yes. that is your that's your shit. And they, they are they both of the ilk of just like we tell stories of the ring.
0: They gave me a reason to care. They didn't just go out there and do a bunch of moves because moves work. They told a story. And I enjoyed it. For the first time since he's been in AEW, Miro looked vulnerable. And that was really cool to see. Even though he still dominated, there was a level of vulnerability that Eddie Kingston brought out of him.
1: And can we just give Eddie Kingston some flowers for just being able to pull creative, like, pull really good creative out of his counterparts? Yeah. Like, absolutely, he is just like... Built just this masterclass. And I think the thing I love about it is Eddie was ready to like walk away from wrestling before mm-hmm. like he caught on with AEW. And, you know, he was able to get those flowers. And it's just, I just love the way that Eddie Kingston always brings the best out of whoever his opponent is.
0: 100%. 100%. Um,
1: okay. So for me, my top moments were. Um, I would agree Miro and Eddie Kingston, for sure. I also really enjoyed the women's battle, the Casino Battle Royale I enjoyed more than I thought I would. I didn't think I was going to really care for it at all. I mean, it had Carl's favorite moment of the show, for sure. Uh, the Casino Royale had Carl's favorite moment of the show. Ruby Soho not only debuted, she's the new number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, so I'm going to give Carl a quick minute to just talk about how much he loves Ruby.
2: I do, but but see, the main thing with that is I'm happy for her because, you know, when she was in NXT before the main roster, you already knew that she was going to be probably moving up pretty quick because of how good she is. And then when she went to the main roster, I always felt that she kind of got the short end of the stick based on her talent. I would agree. And that, you know, maybe other people disagree, but she is in a spot now, I think. is, And she's she immediately becomes one of the best women's wrestlers they have. I mean, it, like, almost immediately. They have a lot from of good an women's in wrestlers. Ring, but,
1: from an in-ring standpoint? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: from an in-ring standpoint, she's her and Thunder Rosa and a few others, I mean, she's right up at the tippy top. And you could just tell something about the fact that everything you hear about her is that she is, like, the most beautiful person. Like, just a genuinely amazing human being. And just to see her actual a different it was a different kind of happiness that she found a home as opposed to some of the other debuts necessarily i think it just felt a lot more organic and a lot more real and so yeah i was i was very happy for her she women's wrestlers in the in wwe and i think now she's in a she's probably in a in a place that's a better fit for her and that's probably a good thing so
1: Oh, I I would honestly be inclined to agree with pretty much everything you said. I also loved, like you said, so many people were so happy for her. Like Liv Morgan was so through the roof happy about yeah. Ruby getting to debut and Ruby getting to shine, and like um, that was a really beautiful moment in and of itself. Um, and then my favorite moment—I'm not going to include this among the big debuts—and I'll pause for a second after I say this while we wait on Rance to come in with his thoughts um but my favorite moment is the surprise appearance of the great minoru suzuki i will always mark out when i see minoru suzuki on my screen i will always be happy about a suzuki anything so like kaze ni nare all the fucking way hell yeah suzuki
2: i uh, even as someone who isn't crazy into new japan I uh, I thought that was pretty cool too, because it's like people have been saying it's basically John Moxley just wants to fight everyone from Japan. Yeah, you know, what John I mean? <laughs>
1: Moxley just wants to fight the entire New Japan roster. <laughs> and this is I wouldn't would
2: be, be surprised if he's just. Pro- like, I mean, honestly, I I don't know how long uh, this isn't me like trying to like speculate no, by any means, bro. But like, Talk I wouldn't stick. be surprised if Moxley isn't in even in AEW that long. Like, even I could see him saying, I'm going to go to Japan and stay, or I'm going to go somewhere else. He just, he kind of has that, um, like, a, he's like a drifter, almost. He just kind of has that feel about him, you know? Maybe I, not with him starting a family now. I that might gonna, be a little bit different. I, yeah.
1: That's where I was going to go with it. I would have yeah. said, you know, if you'd have said this to me three years ago, fuck yeah.
2: Me.
1: If you'd have said this to me at the start of the pandemic, I'd have probably agreed. <laughs> but, right. like. Now that he got the kid and, like, you know, Renee will, I'm sure, want to go back to work at some point um, doing whatever she decides to do. And I just feel like at this point he's just kind of like, you know, I enjoy working here. They'll let me go out and do other things. They'll let me work with these other federations and still do my weird deathmatch shit because that's all I care about. Um, and I can feel creatively fulfilled, um, and I can also make decent money and be based here in the States and like spend most of my time with Renee and the,
2: yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I, I took me as I had, I did when I first said it, I didn't think about that factor in until like right at the end. So you're probably right. Uh, the, especially the fact that they're allowing him to kind of do those things that he wants to do is similar to, you know, with Daniel or excuse me, Brian Danielson, um, I think that's kind of, you're probably right. But yeah, that was like one of the first things in my head. I was like, all he wants, people have been saying it all over the internet and stuff. He just wants to fight the guys from New Japan. And that's like all he wants to do right now. Cause he's already, he's already been the AEW champ, you know, like he's done everything there is to do in wrestling in general, almost. So it's like, why not do that other thing that you desperately, not desperately that you desire, you know, if you can, why not just don't go killing yourself, you know, cause you do have a kid, John.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, like, please stop doing death matches. Like, I'm just really, like, ready for Renee to just be like, honey, I love you. I want you to be happy, but this needs to stop.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of these days. This
1: part specifically, this needs to stop.
2: (laughs) Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh content
3: added every day for only five ninety nine per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv go to powerslam.tv promo code chair shot get your free month again that's powerslam.tv promo code chair shot
1: the always use
0: your head
1: thanks for helping us pay those bills y'all and if you like the show you know like we said in one of those ads i'm pretty sure you know prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chair shot buy shirts buy merch support us blah 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 um so back to the aew grind um obviously the big story of all out though like as cool as the moments were and as cool as seeing suzuki is um the real story of all out is the many big debuts that happened during and after the show. Um, so obviously during the show, we had Ruby Soho debut and Carl, you already talked a little bit about how like that's a big fucking deal. Cause she's instantly in the ring. One of the best people they've got. Um, but like at the end of the night, after Kenny Omega beats Christian cage, which we knew he would, and he's giving his spiel about, you know, there's nobody that can face me. Anybody who could challenge me either isn't ready or they've already failed or they're already dead. Obvious foreshadowing. Cue the lights. Adam Cole, baby is in AEW and he teases like he doesn't he hasn't forgotten when Kenny and the Bucks poisoned him on being the Elite. I remember what you did to me. I remember, I remember. And then, bam! Super kick to Jungle Boy. Adam Cole, of course, is still a heel, because heel Adam Cole is the best Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, of course, is with his buddies in the Elite. Um, so he gives story time with Adam Cole, baby, and just talks about, you know, the Elite being the best, and him being the best, and AEW being where the best are, and nobody can do anything to stop them. And once again, cue the lights, cue the infamous music, and Daniel Bryan Danielson is also in AEW. So, that speaks for itself, y'all. Carl, I'm going to go with you first. Your
2: thoughts. Uh, well... I'm not surprised by any means, especially more so with Adam than than Brian. Uh, well, I don't think
1: any of us were surprised about Danielson at no. this point. That, that report uh, yeah. broke out. Well, I mean, that report broke out what, like two months ago?
2: Yeah. Well, I guess the what I mean is, like,
1: weren't sure, weren't sure was it legit? Was it not? Was it legit? Was it not? Sure. But like, at this point, the surprise of seeing him had
2: not. Gone. Yeah, not so much that I guess, I mean, really, he's pretty much done everything there is to do in WWE anyway. Uh, I guess it's kind of in a way it's crazier to me because he literally just main evented a WrestleMania, you know, yeah, like that to me is year. what makes it wild. Yeah, yeah this year by
1: our tribal chief stack <laughs>
2: up pin So yeah, um, and a couple of things. Uh, like, once again, like Adam Cole doesn't surprise me at all. Your girlfriend, are they married? Fiance? I don't I know. know.
1: I think I think they're still just dating,
2: but okay.
1: I mean they've been. <clears throat> dating for like five, six, a long time. You know? Right. Relationships are weird. Y'all know how it is.
2: Yeah. So his girlfriend's there and all his buddies are there. It makes sense. Um, but I guess the, the one thing that kind of, and you guys are welcome to, to disagree with me on this is it felt like it's almost like they blew their load a little early on this because the reason why I say that is because like Adam Cole's a big deal, but well, immediately Adam Cole's a big deal. And then about just a couple minutes later, it's almost like Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson comes out and Adam Cole is almost, he almost looks like he's in the background, like immediately. Like he's in the Elite with all his buddies and he's, Adam Cole, in my opinion, at least, when, at least when he was in NXT, he was the guy where he was, you know? He automatically kind of feels like he falls into the background on this show, which is, all it's almost a little bit, kind of how AEW feels in a way anyway, because every time they bring in some new person, here comes CM Punk, or here comes Brian Danielson, or here comes Adam Cole, someone's gotta fall back a little bit, you know? And the whole I, so the, home, the idea of like having your own talent, your own homegrown talent, where does that put them? How does it make them feel? It feels like I could see like the cycle of, it reminds me a little bit of how WCW did it in, to some degree. Where, you know, they brought in all these new these you know older guys, already established guys, which you should do if you're trying to make money. But then what happened? A lot of the younger guys, your Mysterios, Malinkos, your Guerreros, they're like, okay. And then they took off, you know what I mean? Eventually took off. So I guess it just felt like he was relegated to the back almost the second he got there.
1: Ransom and I will have more to say about CM Punk in a second, because we promised we would. But first,
0: France, your reaction to the signings. I'm I'm with Carl. I'll say this. While I I was a I was not a fan of how Adam Cole debuted. I understand the reason they did it that way was because everybody and their mama knew that Danielson was de- debuting. So right. for just a split second it made people forget. And then it once again they were shocked. Um also um I'm happy he's happy, but I didn't want him to leave for the same reasons you had you you just laid out because I know we talk a lot of conjecture. We're fans, but I try to speak. I try to think from tangible things, tangibly, what you can touch. By the end of that night, not only was Adam Cole upstaged by the bigger star and the bigger debut, but at the end, after Jungle Boy. Danielson the dinosaur and Christian ran off the elite all four members of the elite the good fuck the good brothers are standing on the ramp and it's Kenny it's the Bucks and Adam Cole and you can't help but see that Adam Cole was clearly the fourth member of that group right and so Adam Cole is clear he's the second biggest single star in his own group to the world champion. And so that was my fear, because for whatever positive or negative that would have happened on the main roster, at least you know he could stand on his own two feet, and the sky was possibly the limit. He could also be fighting for the 24-7 championship in three months. Anything's possible, but at least there was that chance. In AEW, Tony Khan has openly said the roster can't be big enough, because he wants to cycle in and out people. And that's cool. But eventually somebody you you can't stay super hot that way. I just I don't I don't see it like I, I you can stay. You can stay relevant, but I don't think you can stay super hot. And so with Cole debuting the way he did and just jumping into another fa- another faction where he's going to be another guy in that group and he's not going to get a chance to shine on his own volition. And he has to jump into those guys' feuds and those guys' stories and those guys' issues instead of building his own world. I don't know, man. Like, I'm happy for Cole. I know he'll kill it, but that bothered me. As far as Danielson, I love what he said in the back when he, when he said um, in the media scrum. He said that, I love WWE. I love Vince. I was happy there. I just wanted to do it. I wanted to wrestle. All right, Cool. He also said something that scared the shit out of me, but again, that's Brian, and he said that he feels that Vince um, Vince handcuffed him a bit too much. Oh, well, yeah, because you lied about your fucking concussions and seizures. Absolutely, he did. I just hope he stays safe. I tell you this, it was a huge moment for the night, but I was on an all-out poster on Radio Techers, and I'll, I'll end with this. Tony Khan has an amazing ability to book for the night. He absolutely books the right things for the crowd in that day. Everybody that night will never forget that night at that stadium, in that arena, because every decision that was booked was what the fans wanted. But what's next? He don't think about what's next. I know they got some long-term story things, like Hangman and Kenny is a very long-term story. But, like, I'm talking from week to week, day to day, show to show booking. My mans don't give a fuck. And look who's he, coming like back pretty soon. Who? Cody Rhodes. Boy is coming Garrett. back. You gotta, you gotta oh, put him your on boy TV. Boy Garrett's sure. coming
1: who? back, bro. Who? Your boy who Garrett. Who? Your favorite wrestler.
0: <laughs> hey, my favorite wrestler is the Tribal Chief right now, bro. Your um, favorite
1: wrestler. Dusty's uh, third favorite child.
0: Third fa- oh, okay Oh, well, That's Cody. Okay. <laughs> okay. The third favorite. No, no, it's not. That's, uh, that's <laughs> Peele. That's the sister. <laughs> oh, you know what makes this bit even
1: better than, um, the what's his name black bit? Um, I don't give a fuck about Cody Rhodes in the way that you deeply cared about Alistair Black.
0: And and also what makes it a bit better is, like, the Alistair Black bit was a bit. This is real. <laughs> Cody is the fourth favorite child of Dusty behind Dustin, Till, and Hunter. Clearly.
3: Oh, you're saying? terrible. Saying? terrible. By
0: the way, hey, by the way, 2020, 2022, Dancing with the Stars, bet money Brand or Cody going to be in that bitch. Bet money. Because Miz is in it this year. And that Miz Cosby got to keep going.
1: Oh, that's true. Uh, Now that you said Miz is in it, then yeah, definitely. Cody will be in it now. Yep, he's trying to be the Miz. Uh, It's weird. Uh, No, but... um, I don't necessarily disagree in the sense of, like... I think the one thing Carl said that I really agree with is they blew their load all at once. As I have said on the show repeatedly, my biggest enduring long-term criticism of AEW is that it is all sugar all the time. Yep. That company, from a show-to-show basis, from a week-to-week basis, like, that is all sugar all the time. And the problem that you run into with all sugar all the time is that it becomes harder and harder and harder to top the moments. Like, here's the other big thing. You know, Tony doesn't believe in a roster that's too big, but, I mean, at this point, the only other big names out there are, like, what, Bray and Braun? And I don't yeah. think Ray fits with that company from a creative standpoint because of the things that Bray likes to do. And, like, Tony didn't like Broken Matt Hardy. Tony not gonna be about Ray Wyatt's infinite universe of... All kinds of shit. Like, that's not the direction he's trying to get down on. So, like, unless Bray's trying to totally reinvent himself, which he might be. We don't know. He might be. Um, I don't know that he necessarily fits. I still say his best move would be to go to New Japan and become the monster guy that Gato desperately needs.
0: Um I'm here for it. I I've said impact because he can do all the spooky shit he wants.
1: Yeah, Impact would be another good one for him. I mean, shit, even Ring of Honor would be another good one. Speaking of Ring of Honor, shout-out to Jake Atlas. Going to be on their next pay-per-view. Shout-out
0: to Jake Atlas. That is, you're right. And speaking of that, shout-out to two reality of, of wrestling mainstays uh, fighting for the Women's Championship. Fuck shout, yeah. Um, Miranda Elise versus Roxy. Shout-out to that, man. I'm I'm very proud of them. Although Trisha Doris should be your your champion i'm i'm cool with it being roxy and and miranda both of them are very deserving um I'm not here in age so that's a big deal
1: no but i i do agree that it is kind of you know it did leave adam cole feeling a little bit overshadowed but it begs the question for me and this is something that i bring up from time to time and it's interesting you know because like We're all on this show, technically millennials. I'm a bit of a younger millennial than y'all are, but like we're all millennials on this show. And one of the things I bring up all the time is, you know, one thing that makes our generation very different from boomers and Gen Xers is that our generation places way more of a premium on satisfaction from our employment Mm -hmm. than we do on literally anything else about the job. And so I wonder, you know, in the case of an Adam Cole who isn't as obvious as Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson and CM Punk have main evented WrestleManias, have been multiple time world champions, have done literally everything. They're 40 plus. Fought all the legends, done it all. So mm-hmm. them wanting to go to this new company and try this other shit and be on the hot new product and blah, blah, blah makes total sense. For a a guy like Cole, who you might have thought once upon a time, oh, they're obviously going to stay in the WWE because it makes more sense from a standpoint of like you're a bigger, you're going to be a bigger name, you're going to be more heavily featured, more highly pushed, blah 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 blah. For some performers, that might not matter as much, you know. And and I I don't want to speak for anybody, and I don't want to put that on anybody but i'm just saying you know i think ambro or moxley is the ultimate example of that Mm -hmm. john moxley had made as much money as there was to make and was always going to be afforded a certain spot on the card and he was just like yeah you know it's not so much that you're making me do carny shit it's that you won't let me do the carny shit i want to do the way i want to do it and so like you can take your money and shove it up your ass i'm gonna go do my carny thing elsewhere
0: I want to go jump on some barbed wire and some fucking glass And that's yeah. what he
1: wanted to do And so like yeah. my thought is For somebody like a Cole You know And I, I, it might be harder It might be harder for Y'all to see it from this perspective But I mean for me as a high school teacher Like I think about this all the time I could leave my job tomorrow and find a new school Like I am never worried about How much I like a school Because there's a teacher shortage I could find a job I can move to any state in this country and find a job. Uh I I can find a place that can make me fucking happy. So, like, maybe Adam Cole looked at that job and was just like, you know what? They treated me right, which he did say in interviews. They treated me right. It wasn't about me not getting what I wanted or them doing me wrong or anything like that.
2: I wanted to come here. Well, he's smart, too, because he's leaving the door open. You know, because some of these guys, they walk away and they burn it down the second they walk. And even then, a lot of times Vince has still been very forgiving in that regard. But him and Brian both left and said, hey, I got great things to say about the place I was before. They're not stupid.
1: That's, you know, and um, that's the other thing I appreciated about them specifically in regard, especially in an AEW press conference, because AEW got WWE's name in their mouth all the fucking time, like all the fucking time. <laughs> And so like, even just the dignity of just being like, you know, I, I was treated really well at the other place. I really enjoyed my time at the other company. Um, I had great relationships there, blah, blah, blah. Just the dignity of saying like, no, I'm moving past this previous period in my life. I used to work for this other place. I'm here to talk about here. I'm here to talk about now. This is why I'm here. This is what I want to do while I'm here. And you know yes. this company must fucking love Jungle Boy because he's like the third or fourth person that they've signed that was a big name signing who his name called Oh I wanna face Jungle Boy. Like they must really wanna fucking push Jack Perry.
0: Right. so anything to add there? Oh I did I you were talking, I didn't want to you you were saying Oh something. no, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, yeah, you're good, man.
0: Um you say satisfaction. And that's very, very salient word because I've always used the word fun. Satisfaction makes more sense, but the reason I use the word fun is because very clearly the difference between AEW's backstage and uh, WWE's backstage is the 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 mood is different. It's not so business like back there. Everybody has fun and they enjoy themselves and have a good time, and and so I always looked at it this way. I'm I'm a millennial much like yourself and yeah I could quit my job tomorrow and find another job in IT like this easily. But also for me what matters to me as a person is I want to be the best. I want to work for the best. I can have fun wherever I am. Fun is not something for me that is on a, on a priority for me.
1: And that's a difference between us and I love that because mm-hmm. Whereas your thought is, I want to work for this company because I know they're the best and I want to be the best and blah, 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 blah. My thought is, I don't give a fuck where the company is ranked. And I say that because I generally, as a teacher, have always sought out schools that were ranked at the bottom. Like, I pick the poorest performing schools. I want the students who get the lowest scores on their tests. Like, Mm -hmm. I seek out environments where success will be hard to come by. But like, that's where I wanted to be and Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. And so that's where I get the fun and the happy and the enjoyment. And so I think what it really can come down to is which type of person are you? Are you a person who needs your job to be fun in the literal sense? Or are you the person who needs your job to be prestigious?
2: Well, so I would I would just add this, and I, that's a good point. I, I I was thinking about this while we were talking about, you know, this fun, this environment of fun, and everybody's having a good time. Whereas in WWE, it's a little more about business. You know, it seems like, and it reminded me of I don't know how familiar you guys are with this, and any you of know, the audience either, but that company WeWork, and, and oh, yeah, we work, and they had a documentary on Hulu. Yeah, they had a, a documentary on Hulu about you know, they had, they saw like this tremendous, like immediate growth, but they were spending so much money and they were partying so hard. Like even the, uh, the you know, the CEO and all this, so they were doing all these like retreats and all this like crazy stuff and just blowing money dollar after dollar, you know? And it was like, they never really treated it like a true business. And then what happens? they essentially, you know, they were trying to go public and that didn't work and just because, They just couldn't, there wasn't, there wasn't a financially stable company by any means. CEO gets ousted all these changes, right? So my question is, I guess, you know, and I'm not saying the cons don't know how to run a business. That's stupid to say, Uh, obviously they do, they got tons of money, but knowing who's kind of calling the shots, who's kind of writing, holding the pen, how long does this, can you keep this up where, you know, you are, Like you said, Rance, you know, where are you? Maybe it was Kyle about the moments, right? The sugar high, basically. Mm -hmm. How long can you keep it up before you have to actually be a business? You know, I don't know if they've turned a profit yet. I have no idea. They have have not turned a
0: profit. They have
1: not. They've invested tons of money in their video game division. But I have two things to say. The first one, though, directly to answer your WeWork question, Carl, the people listening to this show are listening to a podcast. If you've been listening to podcasts for the last (laughs) 10 years, you know of WeWork because they <laughs> dominated ad space on podcasts for podcasts.
2: Oh, okay, that's fair.
1: <laughs> WeWork. Uh, anyway, the to get back to your actual question, though, I think it depends on... I think it depends on Shad Khan's patience in the long game and what he views AEW as. Because I've long said... You know, I think of AEW or WWE or any of these things as like a sports franchise, and I've long said that unless you're fucking Jerry Jones or Vince McMahon, your money as an owner of a sports franchise is never the franchise. The franchise is your like, this is the fuck it thing that I do. A lot of times it does lose money, but this is the thing I do because it's fun for me, and I've got right. shit tons of money, and I don't know what it to. I don't know what the fuck to do with it all, and so like. <laughs> this thing runs at a marginal loss, but, like, all my actual money is tied up in, like, wineries or some bullshit. <laughs> right. In the case of the cons, they got blood oil money, and they own, like, they own the worst franchise in the NFL from a profitability standpoint. Jacksonville's trash. Their arena is trash. The town itself is not large enough to sustain a franchise. And yet, when you ask them if they go move, they're like, nah, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> They're keeping a team in a city that don't make it no fucking money. Yeah. They don't give a shit how much money AEW is losing, at least not right now. If AEW makes back its operating costs, Big Shad'll be like, yeah, whatever, Tony, this is your this is your allowance money. So like however you want to <laughs> spend it, fine,
0: fine. What do you think, Rance? So the so Tony doesn't treat this like a business. This no, is a passion he project. He treats
1: it like his allowance
0: money. It's 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 his passion project. He's he's fantasy booking in real life, and so because of that, we're going to run into you're going to possibly run into issues eventually, and th- that's a big fear of mine. You know, um, there's the old toy box analogy that wrestlers are just that wrestling companies are just the toy box full of toys for the owner, who's the kid that plays with the toys he wants to play with. Well, if it's Tony, he wants all the toys. That's, I mean, again, that Vince did, too. I have no—there's no—
1: Well, and my question—finish your thought, Rance. Finish your thought. Um, I forgot it now. Go ahead. Well, my question to build off what you were saying, though, about playing with the toys in the toy box. If I'm one of those toys that's being used in the sense that I'm on dark or dark elevation— every week. How long am I going to put up with that? Like, how long am I content with that? Because there's a portion of this fan base that ain't watching that shit. And yeah, the first couple times, you know, the first month or so that I'm on these platforms or the first couple months that I'm on these, yeah, this might be the biggest exposure I've gotten in, like, ever. But eventually, I'm plateauing because you don't do anything of real importance (laughs) on dark at all and you do you barely do anything of importance on elevations and now that you've got rampage like who knows if you'll even do anything of importance on elevation so it's just like if i'm one of these people like big swole who is being featured but i'm being featured primarily on the youtube series how long am i willing to put up with that and how long as a am i willing to give this company the benefit of the doubt there
2: before i'm just like you know what like no offense to y'all but like i could go be featured somewhere else well doesn't this lead into the conversation of representation that the issue that they kind of have anyway i mean you watch the end of of all out and it's literally the all elite whites that's what AUW might have said no, stood for no. in that moment in time
1: a, a couple of really damning things like from the tweets that Darnell had put out. Uh, A couple of really damning things from that one. I think it said only two matches featured two performers that were both under the age of 35. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And then none of the matches on the main card featured predominantly people of color.
0: No black men. There were no black, no men, black men at all. Yeah, not, not at all.
2: One. And even the women were kind of shoehorned. And most of them were shoehorned into a battle royal. I mean we're
0: looking
1: at the names on the roster, in terms of the men, if we're just looking at the names on the roster, it's not like they have a lot of black men specifically under contract. They got Sonny. They got Powerhouse Hobbs. They've got Scorpio. the Acclaimed. The,
0: who'd Scorpio
1: you say? Sky. Scorpio, Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Um,
0: is Lee already signed? Or I'm not is he still... sure if
1: he's signed or if he's still on one of those per-appearance deals.
0: It's not but a lot. It's not and a lot. When your chief brand officer comes out and says that nobody supports black champions, but you have the right to sign them, and then literally the next day, uh, Righteous Reg puts out the black 500 list, like, you know, and it's disappointing Number number one, it's disappointing because I, I'm, I'm tired of the argument or the, or the excuse that well they're new, give them time. Because you're new, you have you had every ability to start from day one with actual diversity where it's supposed to go. Because there was no—WWE had to fight 30, 40 years of booking biases and get out of that. You had none of that, number one. Number two was dis- why it's disappointing to me. It is because at this point you've come out and actually said with your own mouth, "We promise." Well, just wait. We'll, right in 2019, Tony Khan said, "Well, you know what? We I'm sure by the end of the year you'll you'll be you'll be a, appreciate where we've gone from here and this and that." Scorpio Sky won this big ass battle royal for a fucking brass ring, and after breaking up with the major tag team, was immediately Brumley thrust it,
1: back into a tag team,
0: another tag team where he's the second guy.
1: And, no, you know the one that pisses me off more than that? Sonny. And here's why Sonny pisses me off more than that. You gave Sonny a fucking showcase match with Cody. Like, gave him this big showcase match with Cody. Then maybe one other appearance on Dynamite, and that's it. Relegated to Dark, and ever since.
0: Well, let's talk about two major storylines on Dark. Joey, Janelle, and Sonny Kiss were a tag team. Were a tag team, that then they broke up. On, Joey, turned
1: Joey, on Joey
0: turned on Joey. Joey turned on Sonny on Dark. None of this has been seen on, on, on Dynamite. You tonight ran through on,
1: all those tag teams. Joey. You put Joey and Sonny together as a tag team. We're featuring all these different tag teams for so long. Never once put the two of them together on a Dynamite match.
0: Nope. And then tonight on Dark they had the gall to advertise Diamante versus Big Swole. And they've been feuding forever in every company they've been in. And it's a three strikes match. So a three, three stages of hell match. First fall, pinfall. Second fall, submission. Third fall, knockout. It's big match. Y'all advertised it so people will watch Dark. If it's that big a deal enough for you to advertise it, put it on the main show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again, we got, we're got we going to fucking the Varsity They're- Blondes and, and 2.0. And I love 2.0. But well, that, what have they done over the people that's been there for three years well, to get the on the main ro- main show over these people that haven't had the opportunity to be on the main show?
1: Well, and that's the yeah. other thing. It's worth really briefly mentioning just so we can cut off the bullshit at the past because, you know, the bullshit's always fucking coming just so we can cut the bullshit off at the past. We are not saying that any of the people who are getting pushed or getting featured don't deserve it or that we hate them or that they're bad. We're not saying the varsity blondes are inherently bad people or that it's their fault for being pushed or anything like that. It's not what the fuck we're saying. What we're saying is y'all have people of color on the roster and you choose not to use them or not to utilize them or to do what people always do, which is subordinate them to white people. You put Santana Ortiz and uh, Sammy Guevara, three Latin superstars, two of whom have a history of being fucking LAX, and you made them Jericho's lackeys.
2: Well, I think it's crazy, because if you had told me in 2021... That WWE would be the company that's doing better with representation in terms of champions and people's getting people getting stories on the card. I would be I would be personally shocked. I would have thought here's it would have. Why been it a makes w.
1: perfect sense though. Here's why it makes perfect sense though, and it, it's going to sound really shitty, and it's it's going to sound like I'm not giving WWE as much credit as they should get. Oh, for, like, they may not deserve it if it's just for reasons, you know. <laughs> well, here's the at the end of the day, we were just talking about this a second ago. WWE's publicly traded. AEW is not. Yeah, WWE has shareholders and stock and public image things that they got to worry about, and like they are fair. They're like publicly traded on what the Nasdaq or the Dow or not the Nasdaq. They're traded on the Dow, right? Yeah, yeah, they're on the fucking Dow. So like, they get like serious coverage for like their corporate practices and their business practices and blah 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 blah. blah. It's twenty twenty one. You can't get away with as a publicly traded company that's in the entertainment industry, so you're constantly forward-facing, you can't get away with being that, like, absurdly white. Whereas AEW is owned by the cons. They only have to please the cons. The EVPs, other than the cons, are the Bucks, Cody, and Hangman, so a bunch of white dudes. (laughs)
0: Well, but on top of that, though, there is one caveat to that I think that we need to add is that if the fans didn't give a fuck, nobody would care. Even the people, even entertainment wouldn't care. The reason so many of these stories come out about WWE and people are talking about them is because people don't like the WWE or people have problems with the WWE. So it's more pronounced because I already don't like y'all ass, but I sure notice this now the problem with AEW, and the reason why Tony Khan feels absolutely no need to ever change any of this shit, is because every nobody has anything negative to say about them. Yeah. And the second and, one and person the second, criticizes, the second one person gets ready to criticize, it's this pack mentality where everybody jumps on them and tries to shut them up.
1: That it's, elite it's defense cult, unit
0: bullshit. Yes, it's real cult level attitude. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of those conversations for any of these companies. But the problem is in every other company but AEW, you can say something negative about somebody, or not negative, critical about somebody. And it's cool. Punk even said in his promo if you don't like it, shut the fuck up. <clears throat> That's the thought process behind this company. They don't want cri- they don't want real critical thinking, critical advice. And like people love this company. And it's okay to say they're great, they're doing this, but you promised me that there would be more people like me on your main roster at the top of your card. You promised me that. Well, and it's also okay for those of us that are members of marginalized
1: communities to ask for better. Like, I am asking as a gay fan for better than oh here's your token gay wrestler and we're gonna make a big deal about it for this one time and then you're never gonna hear from them again
0: yeah 100 okay cool it's, i feel really fun.
1: valued like and like the way that you tr- you know like nyla comes and she goes she comes and she goes she comes and she goes and some of that is an indictment on your companies in and not just your company wwe has this problem largely too both companies are incapable of booking outside of their title match Both companies are incapable of booking the women outside of their title match consistently. Every now and then, both companies will surprise you with a, like, uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa was before Britt was the champion. Like, um, every now and then, they'll surprise you with some shit like that, where it's like, oh, okay, so we're gonna have, like, a real good knockdown feud that doesn't have anything to do with the women's title for a change. This is new. And then they'll go right back to the bullshit of here's the champion, here's the number one contender, and the rest of these bitches just exist.
0: Well, but And you're right, but even like them or hate them, whether you think the feuds are good or not, at least WWE understands they, they got to book more than one women's feud on the show. you lucky to get 10 <clears throat> minutes on Dynamite that has to do with women. You're lucky. And- You know, I think it's,
2: I think you already, I've already seen, like today I was the first time I saw something from an actual employee of AEW wrestler. He was Andrade. Now he might just be complaining to complain. I don't know, but someone mentioned something about him not being on television or not getting enough screen time or something and and he liked it. And it's like you're already starting to see now whether he's, I don't, I, like I said, I'm not an AEW like hardcore fan by any means. So I don't know how much TV time he really gets, if if, if he's gotten much of any. Some people said he has under the, some of the comments where he's not even any good. He hasn't been good since he got there, yada, yada. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But the point is, you're already starting to see, and, you know, it doesn't take long. And it only takes one. Once one person's, once the crack, once it's like when you get a crack in your windshield, you know, if you leave it, for too long and don't get it fixed. Eventually it spreads. And I think that's, you can see that depending, you know, on what you do with some of these guys, This is what I talked about earlier about bring them new sign, everybody, sign, everybody, sign, everybody. Someone has to lose time on the card when you do that. It's inevitable.
0: Let me say this real quick. Okay. And I know, I'm, I know, I'm, I know I'm speaking family business on air. But last night, there was a very big Twitter space um, involving a lot of prominent black podcasters, Twitter people, wrestling figures and whatnot, trying to speak about this issue that we're having. And of course, it was predicated by AW All Out and whatnot, but it's not just all AW, it's all over the spectrum. Mm you know the the rhetoric is that oh well y'all got Bobby Lashley Sasha and Bianca y'all should be happy no we want excellence everywhere we want equality and we want um diversity and representation everywhere but um important to note one of the main people behind this was Shug D who was in AEW and Big Swole is going to be on the next one talking about her situation but well, something sh- go ahead no i want you to finish Something Shook said was very, uh, very deep to me and it's really stuck with me. And he said that if you look at the way AEW was built, AEW was built by a bunch of people who didn't like where they were, didn't like the situation, were sick of the situation that they that was given to them and decided we deserve better and went out and got it. Right? You know, you think about Cody who felt like he was marginalized by the WWE. Kenny and the Bucks, who felt like they were way bigger than Ring of Honor and New Japan and whatnot. And everybody got together and they found a money market and this, that, and the other. Progress, he mentioned, the same way. PWG, he mentioned, the same way. That's the only way these things are going to get fixed. So I think about AEW, the, the, the same company was built with that same ideology and rhetoric. But it's only going to get these issues are only going to be fixed if people continue to stand up, get sick of this shit and do something about it. Right. There was a there was a a a we had a Twitter a Twitter trend tonight that said black hashtag black wrestling draws. And all of us as a family watched AEW Dark tonight to support Lee Moriarty and Big Swole. I never in my life will watch AEW Dark. I don't give a fuck about anything on that show. I watched because I want them to understand we care about these people, and they deserve to be in these bigger stages. If you're going to hire these people, if you're going to tell us as a collective that we care about all y'all, not just the ones that look like them, then we need to support them wherever they are. And I did that for her and for him. And a lot of people did that for her and for them. And I could care less whatever I watched on because I don't care about 90% of the people on there. But I did that. But AEW got to see that until we as fans, not just black folk, everybody stand up and <clears throat> say, I'm sick of this shit. And this goes for WWE, NWA, New Japan, everywhere. I'm sick of this shit. And you you, you got to stop lying in my face about this because my dollar matters. My viewership matters. My feelings matter. Nothing's ever going to change. And I find it ironic that AEW was built on that premise, and they're literally marginalizing these people because they can. And it's disrespectful to me. Well, we shouldn't have to have... We shouldn't have to have
1: for the culture and Big Gay Brunch for those groups to be featured in non-stereotypical ways on fucking cards. That shouldn't have to be a thing. We shouldn't have to, as a racial or sexual collective, put our own shit together because nobody else will put us on cards unless we do the... That
3: shit... You fucking
0: stop. The man don't want nobody to hear this.
3: <laughs>
0: Damn. What happened? What happened You shut you stopped. You stopped, man. It you you froze what? right as you I
1: reco- but I'm recording. <laughs> I'm recording.
2: Well hopefully that worked. Hopefully that went through then.
1: I, all I said is we shouldn't have to have these shows for, like, us to not be a fucking sideshow. Like, tired of feeling like a sideshow. I'm tired of having to go out of my way. Like, legitimately, if we're just Aaron Family Business, I'm tired of having to go out of my way to find gay shows so that I can find gay characters that aren't just fucking
2: gay. Can yep. Can I, can I ask you guys a question? coming at it from my perspective, not my perspective. This is me asking you a question based off what I'm hearing you guys say, uh, because I, I want to make sure that like you guys, you know, Rance, you just mentioned it. It shouldn't, just and Kyle, you too. It shouldn't just be you guys making a stand for this stuff. It should be people like me too, but I should be having on you guys' side. And so I've always tried to, I've always tried to try and figure out the best way for me. Like usually when you guys talk about this stuff, I kind of, just listen, because I think that's the best thing I can do in that moment. Um, but just yesterday, the reason why I'm asking this now is because it's just yesterday. I'm on social media, and we, the discussion of representation came up, scrolling through my timeline, and you, you do still, you get people who say, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Not me personally, but we don't want to hear sure. what my people have to say about this. You, you, this isn't your space to talk about it. Okay, Okay, and that's fine. If you want me to shut up, I'll shut up. I have no problem doing that. But if you also want me to speak up When is the appropriate time You know what I mean Like I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing For the same causes The right way Without pissing people off I know you can't make everybody happy You know
1: My only suggestion And Rance you can chime in Whatever you want My only suggestion is like when you see shit like being portrayed in stereotypical ways, that is a time that you can use your privilege as an ally to stand up for that. Like right. hey, why is why is Big Swole not on the main card? That's not cool. Like, hey, why are these why are these stories always a sideshow? That's not cool.
0: Okay. So let me give you an example. Like last night, let's say if you would have hopped it, again, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to put her business out there, but last night, one of the main people listening, she didn't speak, but listening in the sp- in the space was Dakota Kai. Now, Dakota Kai is not your; she's not white. She is Samoan. She's new, she's Kiwi, I do right? Dakota. But still, the world would see her as white, right? Right. Now, using her as an example, let's say you were in the space last night with us. Had you wanted to speak last night? that would have been out of line. That wasn't your right. place. That So I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's telling you not to speak when you feel necessary to speak, but sometimes you have to kind of know the place. But Kyle said it best. When you see some shit, say some shit. When you hear some bullshit, say some bullshit. And most importantly, take action. Let me give you a perfect example. All Out, when Ruby Soho came out, she got a response that'll let any wrestling company ever know she's a star because the crowd literally made her cry. They cheered for her so heavy. Why can't we do that for everybody? Why can't we do that for the people we want to see? Because they listen. They're listening. Ratings don't mean shit, but Tony Khan believes in them. Bet you listen to the quarter hours. That's what AW Dark, he's going to be forced to see well damn they really give a shit about that black girl he's forced to see it because we forced him we own we essentially another thing was said in, another thing that was said on um, in that space again super deep i never thought about it he said Vince, one of the guys said Vince man doesn't own wwe i'm breaking kayfabe for y'all you know who owns wwe usa network fox network NBC Universal for Peacock. The money owns the money
1: owns exactly. WWE. The people who he have
0: will follow deals. What the money tells him to do. You don't believe me? There was a WrestleMania battle royal named after Moola. Not and no more. Watch how fast the internet said,
1: not today, sir. And the money called Vince up and was like, yo, man, said, what's this? I right hear you got a battle royal named after a woman beater? A pimp? Oh a no, pimp. you're going to change that. You're going to change
0: so, that, sir. So use your platform, Because and like I told, I, I was talking about, to my boy Mags earlier about oh. the same thing, and he says he feels the same way you do, but I told him like this, if the civil rights movement was just black folks taking up for black folk, I still couldn't vote. It was people like you who are the reason why I can vote, why I'm not three-fifths of a citizen anymore, why Jim Crow doesn't exist anymore. Why I have the preponderance, notice I said preponderance, quotations, of being an actual citizen. Because of people like you. Because if it's just us, nobody's going to listen to us because it's an echo chamber. We and need everybody to speak sure, up.
1: And make damn sure when somebody thinks they can get too familiar and says some shit, like, make damn sure they know, no, nah, that's not going to fly in here.
0: No, it's not. And we we all need to do better. And this isn't about pushing the people we like because we like them. It's about pushing the people who deserve to be pushed regardless of who they are, what they look it's like.
1: Also, but it's also about, and this is something that I do want to emphasize to people who are like, I'm never sure what's my place to speak and when it's not my place to speak. Like, if you're uncomfortable because you know everyone in the room, that is your place to speak. That's deep. If you're uncomfortable because I know all these people and I know their wives and I'm afraid of what's going to happen because I don't want them to call and I don't want their kids to not be able to play with my No, that's those are the exact people you need to speak to. Because they're not gonna listen to me. And they're not gonna listen to Rance. Because they don't I'm think sure. that
2: we're real people. Well, I mean I can tell you, you know, this is just personal experience. It's that's not always the easiest thing in the world, but I have had well, many Serious conversations with people in my personal life about stuff like this, especially more recently, the older I get, the less I care about maybe what they might think about my feelings and, you know, the, you know, trying to stick up for, I don't know if stick up the right word, but defend people that I care about that aren't me and them. You know what I mean? Like there, there is definitely, it, it's the, not easy, but it's something I've had to learn and get better at doing.
1: The discomfort is the point. That's all I wanted to say, is the discomfort is the point. Um, If that's why you're feeling the discomfort, then that's probably when you should speak. If I'm uncomfortable because I don't look like anyone in this room or I'm not part of this group, then I need to sit and listen. And, like, I need to sit with my discomfort because then my discomfort is probably there because I'm doing some of the things that they're speaking about. And I'm having to sit and reflect on that. But if I'm uncomfortable because everybody in this room is like me and I do know them, then they're the people I need to be talking to.
0: Sure. And and right now, you have glasses on, right? Yeah. <laughs> now imagine if I tried to argue to you that you don't have glasses on, but you're fucking wearing the glasses. Right. I would sound out of my mind, right? Sure. That's what a lot of people feel like you're saying when you're saying, "Well, there, but there's no black people on the show. It sounds like you're telling them that you're not wearing glasses when they have them on. That's how asinine it sounds to them. So sometimes you're going to get disheartened. It's going to be a little crazy. But like Kyle said, as long as that discomfort is brought up and they're forced to see their hand in front of their face, they don't have to accept it. They don't have to believe it. But that thought is there. And that's how things start. That's how change starts to infiltrate, is by, by breaking that habit of staying within my own world. That's good. We That's good it. advice. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I just,
2: I'm not, you know, it's it's, it's something that I care about. I really do. So I want to try and make sure that, like, I'm doing right by, you know, you guys and others. That's, we, got real, uh, we
1: got <laughs> real philosophical here on The Edge all of a sudden. I know.
0: Oh. The Outsider's Edge <laughs> presents White People Suck episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, isn't that every episode? <laughs>
0: Except for Carl. Oh.
1: Um, No, no, speaking of Carl, though, no, in all seriousness, to bring it back to these signings, though, all of whom were white, Um, but to bring it back to these signings, Carl, on their own, because you have been a person who has very vocally said, you know, what AEW is selling is not for you. Um, It's not really a product that you've been into. And so I just was wondering if, you know, the additions of like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole and Ruby Soho, like... Do those make you more likely to watch? If so, why?
2: If not, why not? Just talk about it. Uh, yes, they do. Um, more so Brian Danielson and probably Ruby than C- uh, CM Punk doesn't move the needle for me anymore. Uh, it's one of those deals. He was gone for seven years and I just don't care. Um, and also, like, I get frustrated with the idea that, like, Oh, these, these, these guys have come like, here comes CM Punk and here comes Brian Danielson. You mean these guys that are in their forties. And when this happens at the other company, it's while you bring back all these washed up stars. And I'm not saying, you know, Brian is washed up and punk is, but the point remains, I'm, I'm automatically put off by that. How could you not like this? Well, it's pretty simple really, because you know, you guys, not you guys, but you know, people have conditioned me to believe that when some, washed up guy comes in and immediately takes the spotlight of a young, a younger star that I'm supposed to dislike that. You know what I mean? And so I have to like, I pick and choose with AEW. I will say Brian Danielson is a big, that is probably the best person they could have brought in outside of, you know, the big dogs like Cena or Roman or Lesnar, a Charlotte flair, perhaps to really get me to be like, Oh, I got might see what's going on over here. You know? So yes, it might. The problem I have with AEW outside of the YouTube shows is as someone who doesn't have cable or like live Hulu, which is like 70 bucks a month, and I'm not gonna spend fifty dollars on a pay-per-view. I'm just not gonna do it. I've been spoiled to death by the ten dollar the network, right? Like it's gonna be hard. Like they're not they're gonna have to it's it's not as accessible to me. It is accessible, like my pocketbook can afford it, but it's not I don't feel the need yet to be like, okay, I got to spend $50 because I got to watch the same guys I've watched for five, dollars a month on the WWE network for the last four or five, six years. It's it's the same guys. It's just different matches. I don't care about dream matches that much. You know, like, like we've talked about a million times before storyline, storyline, storyline. So all they did was throw guys in and they're basically in the same damn storyline that they were like Adam, you know? Okay. Like, so not to be that guy but it's going to take more than that. It really is. It's just going to, it's going to take more. um, It's going to take, it's going to take a lot more than that. I think for now, at least just, but I'm open to it more than I was prior. So there's that. I, I think that's perfectly
1: valid. I just was curious to get that perspective because you (laughs) have been a more like, nah, I'm not here for it fan. Whereas Rance and I have more been of the opinion of, oh no, like y'all put on a quality product, but y'all are also like involved in a lot of fuck shit that nobody else wants to fucking talk
2: about. Well, well so one more here we are. One more quick point about that. The other piece of that, and I forgot, I meant when you asked me this earlier, I meant to talk about it. AEW is not nearly as friendly for my kids to watch as WWE is. And I know this because I just the freaking pay-per-view that just went down the other day. They're out there with thumbtacks and people are bleeding all over the place. Like my kid is part of the reason why I like to watch because she's into it. I'm not as into it as I used to be. And she has helped that over the last you know year or two, year and a half, I guess. And knowing that I can't just let her watch that. And I know it because we tried to watch NXT, which is even a little bit more violent at times while it was going down than the main WWE show. And even my wife and her were not necessarily interested in it. They're like, eh, you know, this just doesn't like, so I think that plays a role too, you know, that AW is not, it's not geared towards kids. They know their demo 18 to 49. We hear about it every fucking time they went, they break a million viewers or whatever, whatever, you know, we hear 1835, whatever it is we hear about it all the time. We know that's what they're targeting. That's all they care about. And until they really kind of prove, otherwise, I'm not sure it's something that I can, I can't sit down and watch it with my family, so why? You know, I've only got a limited amount of time, so
1: <clears throat> no, I mean, that's perfectly fair um, I mean, inevitably Rance, I'll put this one to you if you're WWE do you care about any of
2: this? No Say- <laughs> <You're> Next us <laughs> They don't give a two fucks. They don't. They're not they're not
0: trying to be what they're AEW not. is. And even more than that. Even more than <laughs> that. I know everybody keeps saying all the rhetoric was Sunday night after the show was, Well well, what is Vince gonna do to 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 offset and get some of them on the back? He's gonna work out at two o'clock in the morning. He's gonna eat his tuna. He's gonna go to work. Doesn't give a fuck. He does not care. You know what was announced today? This this comes out on Friday, but we're recording it on a Tuesday night. You know what was announced today? That they got a Netflix show with The Undertaker and The New Day. They don't care. Uh, They uh, don't care. They're going to make money. I'm in for it, homie. I'm so excited for it. Me too. (laughs) I'll watch it. But 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 we're e drones, -drones, so you know. Apparently, like I
1: no, like I love I love the new day. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm I'm real hardcore out on anything Undertaker post 2015.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, if it was a rest, if it was a wrestling situation, I got you. But man, like the Undertaker ethos in movies and stuff is perfect. But my point is, like, they don't give a fuck. Vince literally is telling people, you can go there and follow as me. Ask Mark Henry. Mark, when Mark Henry left, he said, Vince said, hey, man, you'll be good over there. Appreciate what you much did. Big Show, hey, man, be, you'll do great over there. They'll, they'll, they'll be great to use you. Have a good time. He's literally saying, if you want to, I don't care. Because you know what? Next one up. And unfortunately, I know this sucks for us as fans. Because WWE used to be superstar led, now they're brand led. But you know what? The brand gonna sell. Yeah, brand's where the money's at. And I mean there aren't
2: any draws anymore in wrestling. Like there really aren't. Like I know know people hate to hear that.
0: There are some draws. There are well, there's not like
2: the the okay. There are very there are no
0: Hulk Hogan's Stone Cold's Rocks anymore. I don't think so. So let me tell you why I agree with I disagree with that thought process. Yes, that that statement is factual. There is no more Hulk Hogan's. There is no more Stone Cold. <laughs> there is no more Rocks or John Cena's. But the difference is, and this is something that we as a fan base will never seem to get until it's maybe ten years too late, is that the rhetoric has changed. So much like. The, the stupid ass ratings conversation that hopefully dies with the fact that Nielsen has been just dis- unaccredited. They've lost their accreditation, so they're nobodies. We keep looking for the same antiquated things that we did back in the day, back in the world that used rotary phones, and you had to log on to the internet. The world is different now, right? So you just said yourself, you don't you don't have cable. You're not going to pay $50 for AEW pay-per-view, but I guarantee you, you know, every single thing happened in AEW all out last Sunday night, right? I'll be twittering, you know how I am. (laughs) So you have, you have, and you have, and you, you've ingested that product and what happened, you know, if you've tweeted about it, you've played a part in that product. So the world is different. So when you look, say draws, And you look at a guy like Randy Orton, who has six million followers on Instagram. That's a draw.
1: So I don't think so. Fair point.
0: It's a fair point.
1: So I don't think the real debate is about the here and now. Legitimately, I don't think the real debate is about the here and now. of it. I think the real question is, and really, we don't we won't know the answer until we see it play out is, you know, so if. The rumors are true and they really are shifting more to a like we just want to you know use the performance center pluck athletes plug them in figure it the fuck out and go from there um can they do it like long term and, and and i mean like you know they have a history of having done that um but like for the last 15 years they've been unchallenged by literally anyone Of consequence. Now they're being challenged by like actual people of consequence. And so I think the real question is when they have to, you know, when when those new people have to step in and be the stars, is it going to work? Can a brand led model sustain them? And And I don't necessarily, I'm not saying the answer is no i'm saying i think we need more data to find out
0: this is a good place to journalism to the McFoley topic if you want to jump in because i think that's relevant relevant to this conversation
1: yeah so mick foley had released a video um it's on twitter if you want to check it out where he literally titled the video wwe you have a problem um and In mixed words, the problem is essentially that, at least in his eyes and in the eyes of a lot of people within wrestling, WWE is no longer the hip in-destination of where you would want to be if you're a younger up-and-coming star. Their creative track record in terms of just, like, people getting signed to NXT and getting released or getting called up to the main roster and then being completely fumbled or repackaged or reshifted or them not knowing how to utilize them. Um, giving younger talent a lot of pause on the like, well, do I really want to go there? Is that what I would want to like cultivate what I'm trying to sell as my personality and persona to the world? Um, and so he's thinking that, or his thinking is that, as of right now, you know, AEW seen as kind of a more desirable place to work within the industry.
2: Well, you, want, I got a lot to say, so
0: I don't know if you want to go. Uh, you no, know,
2: I'll that. say, I'll say something on it first. If you got a lot to say on it, yeah, that's fine. Um So this is kind of my thought process on it. I, uh, I agree and I disagree. <laughs> with Mick. And the main reason I think I disagree with Mick is because what we're talking about here is WWE fumbling, young talent, repackaging, this kind of thing. Basically what, basically what he's getting at is WWE can't make stars. That's just essentially, it's the same argument that we've heard over and over again. WWE can't make stars. I mean, I can point you in the direction of how that's false in so many ways, but that's, where we're going with this. So I guess then the question remains, who are these big stars that AEW has produced so far? Because so far, if they're the end company and the hip company and where you want to go to elevate your career, please tell me. Okay, there's not a whole lot of them. with the accept, What, MJF? Maybe that's one. Britt Baker? I
0: they're mean, a lot of these... Stars. Be- they're not star stars, yeah.
2: Right, but you know what I mean, though. Like, if just yeah. creating whatever, you know, in that spectrum of whatever... Whoever considers what to be a star. But the way I'm looking at it is most of the guys at the top of their roster that are the main characters on their show are guys that are already established, were established elsewhere, and now are here with few exceptions. I mean, the main event of All Out was Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. Okay. And then who was involved in that? The Young Bucks. Uh, we had debuts of Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, the fucking Good Brothers. These are all people we know. Not a single one of these people were made by AEW. So what are we talking about here? And I, so I don't. I'm not saying that he's wrong in the sense that AEW might not be the more hip place to be. Maybe the culture is better. If if you want to have a, a discussion about work culture and feeling like you are fulfilled as an employee, I understand that on all levels, money is good, but so are benefits and so are perks, right? And maybe working for AEW just makes you happy like Kyle mentioned earlier. And that is perfectly fair. That's a criticism I can live with. But this idea that AEW is the better place, might be the better place to work in within the industry right now because WWE might fumble the bag on your career. Eh, I'm not so sure that that's a conversation that's even fair, you know, honestly.
0: So, bear with me, because I got, I've I wanted to think about this all day. Ooh, I good. Let
1: see. me mute my microphone
0: and just sit back. Set a fire. So, first and foremost, um, to the point of it being the new, A.W. being the new place that people may want to sign, I look at it like the NCAA used to be. A guy like Tyler Hansborough wants to go to college and and, retire, and graduate because his family has the money. He don't got to rush to the NBA to get that money. A guy like Derrick Rose had to get to the league because his family needed that money. So I look at it there, you, uh, like a lot of people, if, you know, the way I grew up, I'm getting to WWE because I need that check. If I'm going to AEW, if I don't need that check or if I am one of those people who is just completely fulfilled by nothing but creativity, yeah, I'd be glad to go to AW. But to outright say that that's not that that is the destination is a bit disingenuous because proof is in the pudding. It's not. You may see some big names go, but they just signed 12 people from one tryout that they had slam weekend. So that's number one. Number two. Mick Foley in this video was disingenuous to begin with, because if you really cared that much, you wouldn't have made a video about it. You'd have called Hunter, Stephanie, Kevin Dunn or Vince and talked to them about him face to face. The fact that you made this video and put it on the internet was because you knew it was going to get a shitstorm from the AEW fans and the fans who were going to see it and make it an issue. Otherwise, you wouldn't have named it WWE. You have a problem. Thirdly, there is a problem in WWE. There is some type of disconnect, and they're trying to fix it because the issue isn't that WWE misuses the talent. The issue is the talent isn't built to be working on the main roster. That's something that we've talked about ad nauseum with the disconnect between NXT and the WWE. And absolutely, people want Vince to treat everybody on NXT the exact same way that they were on NXT on the main roster and get the same results. But then when they do that, the crowd literally does nothing because they don't know who you are. The most engagement Karrion cross has got since he got called up was when he got that dumbass look. Because that's the first time main roster people fans can say, "Oh, well, that's interesting." Even if it's stupid, it's better than nothing, right? Number four, I thought y'all thought NXT was dead. Y'all like NXT sucked, right? NXT dead and died a horrible death, and the AEW killed it and moved them off. They were, and now you want them to be now you want them to fix it, and this is and that's. NXT's is trying to do their best to fix it. There was a problem. NXT wasn't building people for the main roster. They were building them for NXT. So when Bailey comes over, main roster don't know Bailey. so she has to get all the way over, all the way over again. People got to change everything about them to get over. You can't just walk on there. They're different people. You want to talk about ratings? NXT last week got 600,000 viewers. You think these people are knowing who these people are in the main roster? It's, Kyle O'Reilly walks on the main roster tomorrow. You think anybody knows who he is? Anybody. And that's no diss, because I love Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly's wrestled on every major show, company, place in this earth. But people don't know who he is. WWE main roster fans, Carl and his kids, they don't know who Kyle O'Reilly is. They don't know why he's doing air guitar to some stupid-ass music. They don't get it. We do. So what what he's saying is disingenuous. There's a point, and there is a real issue about the younger wrestlers and the wrestlers getting called up, not seeming like they're getting over. But you're missing the forest for the trees, homie, because you' too big in your You' been too big in your, and yo, I'm a fan bag to understand that shit ain't going the way you want to go it. You're the same dude that sat here and busted your TV open with the bat because who you wanted to win the damn Royal Rumble didn't win the Royal Rumble. So miss me with anything you ever got to say. I'm sick of McFoley. McFoley is a sycophant. McFoley has lived his life for the pop of the crowds, and he ain't wrestling no more. So you know how he gets it? He gets it by getting the pop of the crowd by starting shitstorms on Twitter because he's not getting what he wants. Ultimately, people, there's a difference as a fan between what you want to happen and what's the right thing to happen. And oftentimes we don't see how they don't match. What I want to happen was I wanted Bianca and, and, and and Becky Lynch to have a 15 minute legendary match. But what was the right thing to happen was I got a story now that takes me possibly to WrestleMania. But no, we can't see the forest for the trees because I got it. I want it now, 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 now. But on the other side of the boat, Hangman Page just walked the fuck out of the company to go handle with his kid. But you just gave him a fa- a 17 month story to get to the title, and you chose to blow it and let him lose the blow off match four weeks before all out. Don't 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 no criticize it all, homie. If you got an issue, talk about their issues too, because WWE got a Ton of problems, a ton of them. Their creative is boo boo, absolute basura. Yes, but don't miss the point. And you missing the point. I'm sick of McFoley, dog. Sick of that dude. Is it Christmas yet? Can he go pretend to be a damn Santa Claus again? Sick of that dude. <laughs> all
2: right,
0: well, Kyle.
1: I love that, by the way. I loved all well, of that. Go ahead. Have... While we get a fire extinguisher for Brother Rance's microphone... I got some water. (laughs) um, I'm gonna just end it with this, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, I am still of the opinion... So, AEW is the hotter company right now. They are cooking with grease. They are playing with house money. Um, However... They are also only, what, two, three years old? Yeah. The fact that they're as big as they are is impressive. The fact that they've done as well as they have done is impressive. The fact that they continue to be the hot company is super fucking impressive. Call me in five years. And I don't mean that as a diss. And I don't mean that to shit on them. I mean that when... One company is so much bigger than the other company from an asset standpoint. I mean, it's going to take a while for me to understand long-term what impact one is having on the other. You know, five years from now, if the TV deals are worth less money and they have to start making some different decisions because the money is telling them that it's time to start making some different decisions, then, all right, we'll see where we're at. If, in that same time frame, AEW becomes a profit-yielding company and continues to get larger and larger TV deals and finds a way to work themselves into that HBO Max money if they're smart... (laughs) Just saying. Um, If they're smart. Um, Then, like we'll have a totally different conversation. But, like, right now, it's still way too early to talk about these things as if they are the same, because they are not. And it's okay that they're not. The fact of the matter still remains, AEW has gotten closer than any company has to being an actual, legitimate challenge. And they are the first real viable competitor where, like, if somebody tells you that they've signed with AEW, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's a good move for them. All right, yeah, that's the second biggest company in the country. That's a great damn move for them. Like, they deserve credit for that. And we will give them all the credit of the world for that. But we'll also keep things in perspective.
0: (laughs) My vocal cords hurt.
1: Well, I mean, they should. You burned down that microphone like and shit. You didn't even get to shit on CM Punk for going over Darby Allin.
0: We'll be right back, y'all. If you go to, <laughs> to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot, you go buy some merchandise. I, yeah, I... Uh... This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure
3: you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com.
0: Always use your head.
1: Yeah, so we promised you last week that if uh, CM Punk beat Darby Allin, Rance and I were going to have things to say about it. And uh, CM Punk beat Darby Allin, like I said, was going to happen. And so we got some things to say about it. Here's the things we've got to say about it. Darby Allin was a homegrown star. I fucking hate him. I fucking hate him. But he is so over and gets... Such massive fucking pops in every arena that they are in. Like when I was at Dynamite, the only people that got bigger pop than Darby were Hangman and the Elite.
2: Do you did you like Jeff Hardy when you were a kid? When you were younger, Jeff were you Hardy Jeff, is Hardy, still, that's Jeff Hardy
1: is still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I'm from North Carolina, Carl. Well,
0: I'm I know, but Darby from Allen,
1: North Carolina.
0: Gives yeah, off big Jeff it's, Hardy it's, energy. Yeah, it's it's a lot deeper than that. Don't even get into it. That's <laughs> okay. Off, all right, off, all off, right, that's off. That's just of the what I'm I saying. see
2: immediately when I see him as that. No, that so, they're the
0: same person, but there's a lot of non, non-caf, non kayfabe <laughs> things that bothers. No, him. no,
2: that I do know. I know there's some other stuff there about him, but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I hate Darby Allen, but he's
1: over like Rover, and he is legitimately, in every sense of the word, a homegrown star and a young star. And a star that they're clearly trying to build the company around in some capacity because they paired him, they paired his ass up with fucking Sting. Like, and then good, right? when Punk came and then when Punk makes his return, Punk calls Darby Allen out by name to feud with. Oh, and he held the TNT title for fucking ever. So, like, you know, clearly they're trying to like make him a focal point of the company. So what happens? A legend returns. A legend has their first match in seven years. And, you know, I couldn't help but think, if this were WWE, what would people be saying? But then I also couldn't help but think, but then I also couldn't help but think, Phil, didn't you once cut a promo about how, like, much it pissed you off that you were, like, there every fucking week taking bumps doing matches and then like Undertaker would show up for his one match a year and be on last on the card over you weren't you talking about that weren't you the guy that complained about how you was the WWE champion but Big Match John was still main event in the show and you was on the mid card and that was bullshit Weren't you that same guy that that did that podcast where you kept talking about how the WWE is full of shit because they're constantly bringing in these legends from the Attitude Era and pushing them over the current stars, but then complaining about how the current stars can't get over? Wasn't that you? But here we are in 2021, Mm. and you've made your return to wrestling, Mm. and you've called out, the homegrown star of the hot new company that you've returned to because you've decided that this shit's fun again. Your exact words. Um, and you put yourself over. Hmm. And, you know, I know what you're all saying. You're saying, but Kyle, let them tell the story. Bitch, sit the fuck down. This is the company that doesn't do that, remember? They end storylines, and we move on to the next thing.
0: Just sports.
2: Yeah, this, they, don't, they don't do
1: sports. And it change. has to be it's over probably. anyway, because they did
2: the they did the handshake. It's got to be over, right? They did the respect okay,
0: handshake. So, so hold on. Both of y'all can <laughs> finish. I got some more fire. I <laughs> hate the whole... Well, I beat his ass, but I shook his hand, so now he's more over than he was before. No, he's not. He lost. He's not more over because he shook his hand. It means he's stupid because when Sting lost to Triple H and they shook hands, well, he was an idiot because you hit him in the head with a bat. Well, what that man put him up, put his head to his knee twice, and now they homies. No, missing with that. He's not more over. I'm gonna shut up. Sorry, right. continue. Uh, I was just gonna say,
2: I mean, because <laughs> I think you guys know my feelings about CM Punk over the years. I. Liked CM Punk in WWE as a wrestler, as an entertainer. I think he's damn good on the mic. I disagree with people who have said in the past that he's overrated. I don't think he is. Oh, no. yeah, there, but there are people that's that right. will say oh, he's not as great as he thinks he is, and I kind of disagree. He's not as
0: great as he thinks he
2: is, right? Well, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's I was going to say perfect.
0: that the
1: phrasing there is right, very right, right, important. Right. So
2: he the way I kind of really look at this happy. with CM Punk is literally. Just not surprised at all. Why should I be? Because this is exactly what the other company does too, and that's and so basically all it tells me is that wrestling is the most it's it's carny bullshit. That's all it is. cheap pops. We just talked about it. Who was it the other day? There was someone on there that said, "Hey, you can only get you can only get so many pops, right? What are you going to do when you run out? Like all they care about is popping the crowd." And yes, Darby Allen is over, but he's not as over as CM Punk is still. And so they're going to put over CM Punk because he's CM Punk. It's just, it's just like you why you put over Goldberg or whatever, right? Because he's well, Goldberg. You're
1: right, Carl. You're right. But it's just like Rance said, and I'm going to kick it over to you, Rance. Like, it's the fact that they lie about it. It's not the oh, yeah. fact that they are sports entertainment. We don't care that they're sports entertainment. Right.
2: Just own it. We
1: enjoy both the pro wrestling and the sports entertainment. (laughs) We are here for both of them. We just really don't appreciate being lied to.
2: You you don't want your intelligence insulted, Kyle? Is that what you're saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want your intelligence insulted. Okay, I got you. Other rants. (laughs) So here's the thing. If we were to look at this on paper... And ignore who these people were. Just forget who we know CM Punk to be, forget who we know Darby Allin to be, forget who we know A.W. to be. If you were to just book it, that the babyface who's making their return in their hometown, he should win, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which is why ultimately I get it. But when you add to the to it the context that this young man hasn't wrestled in seven years, he's 22, is he still young? He hasn't wrestled in seven years. The last time we saw him in W when he was wrestling, he got his ass beat. He got choked, slammed through a table. The, well, the last, last time, time we saw him fight, he got his he got ass, his ass beat. beat two times, right? <laughs> so, walks into this company and is facing a guy who has not lost to anybody by and large for like a year, right? Yeah. Okay. Who gets thrown off of stages? Gets thrown in body bags, zipped up with thumbtacks. get thrown yeah. downstairs and still gets up and beats you. Okay, idiot. Now, by the way, same kid, twenty-five years old. Okay, and now we'll see, we'll see if he's still wrestling idiot. in five years. But go One on. One
1: of the only. I agree. Same kid, one of the only people that you can one thousand percent say is definitively made by this company.
0: One hundred percent, he is their guy. MJF,
1: I would say him and MJF, and maybe you can make the argument Hangman, because like Hangman was in ROH, but like uh,
0: I don't, I don't no, consider Hangman.
1: I, look, I don't look. consider Hangman because he was a G one competitor, and as far as yeah. I'm concerned, he fought the G one. Like
0: and he, not, and made, he held- right? And he held major titles in both promotions. I don't, I don't count that. Um, the four, you, the four I, I, I look at are MJF, Darby, Jungle Boy, I and Sam.
1: I forgot about Jungle Boy.
0: Um, yeah. but so looking at the context, it just like it, I still understand. Yes, it's Chicago. I get it. So, I wanted Darby to win, or to, I, I thought Darby was the better choice to win personally. From a story standpoint, because ain't, the story's done now, it's over. Punk won. I right? you go your way, I go my way. Big deal. Hey, good match. Okay, whatever. Whereas you actually have some story of act Punk thinking, do I still have this shit, right? But I so, but I I understand why he did it because again, Tony Khan books for the night, not for the for the moment, not for the story. Now, here's the thing that trips me out. You always think, right? You would think, if we know this is a one-off, I'm going to win GTS, shake his hand, give him the quote-unquote rub, which is bullshit, they could at least have a 15-minute classic, right? Seven and a half minutes, big dog.
1: And the first couple minutes was sloppy.
0: Well, he hadn't wrestled forever, right? But remember, he hit the GTS in three minutes, but Darby fell out the ring. Mm -hmm. Darby had a couple of moments, but there was never any moment in this match that kayfabe or not, You thought, yeah, Darby got a chance. Didn't happen. Punk had the greatest counter to the coffin drop ever. He just sat up like the Undertaker and laughed. It was fantastic. Hilarious. There was never any chance this kid had at winning. None. Zero. I would say this about
1: wrestling, somebody like Darby. And I say the same thing about Finn and Jeff Hardy. Any of them people that paint themselves the fuck up, I would hate wrestling somebody that painted themselves the fuck up like that because then I look like a fucking smeared-ass mess at the
0: end. Punk's back was literally black in like three, four minutes in. But, so, so long story short, the goal should always be to make money, number one. And they made their money. So, cool. Good on them. Second goal should always be to get people over to a point where the story can continue and everybody's better. That's the point, right? Right? Is Darby Allen more over today for have lose it for have lost to CM Punk? Be be honest with me. No. Is CM Punk any more over for having beat Darby Allen? <laughs> no. Now flip that. Would CM Punk be more over or more interesting had he lost to Darby Allen? Intrinsically would would Darby Allen be over if he beat CM Punk? Yes. Much like if MJF was the guy to retire Chris Jericho. We got them, we have a new You talking about stars, Carl. You talking you just asked me 5 minutes ago, do they have any real stars? My answer should have been to you, yes. MJF Act is a star freebie. because he retired Chris Jericho. But no. Nope. <laughs> Back to back to the status quo. The old guys keep winning. You realize that three matches back to back to back. CM Punk beat a guy forty plus twenty and under twenty or under thirty. Chris Jericho beat a guy for over forty plus under under thirty, and uh, Big Show beat a guy forty plus. I think I think uh, QT Marshall like thirty one or whatever. So, but, but but we're putting over the young guys though, right? Like. Well, what, what got me with the Jericho one, though, what really
1: got me with the Jericho one, and I'm asking this sincerely, Rance, what was the point of that feud? I don't know anymore. Uh, what was the literal fucking point? It was an almost unending feud in a company that swears up and down they don't do that, And unending in, like, really upsetting ways. Because, like, they kept using matches that are feud-enders. And then just kept it going. Like, they did a fucking War Games... They did a War Games match as a transitionary pivot.
0: They did a stadium stampede for the first match. The first match was a stadium stampede! The first match. The
1: pivot of the storyline was War Games... To yep. pivot it from faction war to just the two of them, and well. then, and then, <laughs> who even knows if FJF's stable is still a stable? Because who the fuck knows what's going on with FTR. Oh my God.
3: So now I think I, I, what, I think bad.
1: I feel genuinely bad <clears throat> in that regard. Like sure. i like the picture is really gnarly. I really hope Cash Wheeler gets well soon. Like I hope well, he... that.
0: You know he wrestled last week, so it, he's good enough to wrestle.
1: It, I mean, there's cleared enough to wrestle, and then there's
0: like that's a good point. And a we know A.W. clear anybody. Hi, well, man, Hardy.
1: And and the specific thing that he said that like really worried me, both from uh thought from a standpoint of okay, you're a wrestler, and from a standpoint of holy shit, quality of human life, um, is the nerves misfiring.
0: Oh yeah, he he has no grip strength. Yeah.
1: And it's just like, okay, what happens when you're like lifting someone for a suplex, or you've got someone in the air, and that nerve misfires, or when you're trying to catch yourself and it misfires? But even beyond that, just from a general quality of life standpoint, homie, you live in Asheville, North Carolina. You live in the fucking mountains.
0: And you, you know what? We haven't talked enough about this because I don't accidents happen, and there are things, even and even even the insurance covers people. It covers people for things that are called acts of God, right? Things just happen. So nobody deserves, no personal person deserves credit. But it's interesting to me that that's that's never happened anywhere else.
1: I'm really curious. Like, I'm just really curious what was going on with the way the ring was set up.
0: That's what I'm saying. In that
1: particular corner that that happened because, like, and it is a freak accident. Absolutely, it's a total freak thing, but it's just like, what happened? Was somebody it, rushing something? Was has somebody... gotta be
0: because the, the thing was turned up instead of turned down, in which, like, I, like I'm like, i gonna put a ring together, but I know that. But so I'm, it's like... But it also reminds
1: like... you, but that also reminds you why, in a lot of cases, they have padding to cover that entire section. But, again... But you again, know, when, we're not blaming you, anybody for that. Like, we legitimately are not. We're not you know, blaming people for that.
0: When you're spending 50K on the Pixies and Rancid, Ruby Soho, and, you know, you got you, you got to get the yucks to, to the music on the radio, even though everybody's leaving talking about, well, the best interest in music in, in AEW now is Adam Cole's and, and Dave O'Brien's. You know why? Because they're unique. But I'll shut up and listen.
2: Um... I just wanted to say, like, this this is really it. Like, Rance, you, the point that you made about them booking for the night is the exact, is one of the biggest issues I already know that I will have trying to get invested because that is a problem, in my opinion. Like, it's just, that is just a problem. Like, I understand moments and pops and yada, yada. I do. I understand. We'll never see anything like rock and hogan again right that that's a moment that will never it probably never be duplicated you know like the, the, everything shifted on that night with the, with those two okay but that was organic you know it wasn't like this isn't some of this stuff it's literally it's already i don't know if organic is the word for it you already know it's coming you know, we already everyone already knew CM Punk was coming. Everyone already knew Daniel Bryan was coming. Everyone pretty much knew Adam Cole was coming. Like this isn't I don't feel like there's anything there that that, that they're trying to do other than just make like you said earlier Kyle about the sugar, you know?
1: I'm well, sorry, but it's teacher, so hard for me. Well, as a teacher, one of the things we stress for new teachers and just within education is beginning with the end in mind. Like I begin a unit of instruction knowing how I am going to assess it, what's going right. to be on the test, et cetera. And that is what's going to inform how I teach, what I teach, which resources I use, how many lessons it's going to take, etc. The problem with booking for the night and like the constant sugar rush booking is they might have a general idea of how they want a story to end, but they don't know where they're going to get there. And when they're going to get there. And as a result, they back themselves into some corners sometimes. Sometimes it works really well. Like, you would have loved the Hangman-Kenny Omega storyline. You really would have. It was very beautifully told. It was very, it built very well. Um, You could
0: see subtle the obvious progressions. Subtle when it needed to be subtle. Overt yep. when it needed to be overt. Very yep. well. It was perfect.
1: It was yep. Everything about Hangman's development as a character was handled really well. Him joining the Dark Order, the Dark Order's development as a stable under him, like him reluctantly becoming a part of the group. Like, all of it was done really, really well. You would have loved that. But then they also, again, do shit like this where they just blow their load all at once and they have some feuds, like, that just abruptly stop. Like, they, Cody Rhodes and Anthony a go-go. Yep was built as this like big grudge match. They had one fucking match. It wasn't very long, and then it was done. It
0: was Cody and MJF, done. I'll give you one better. And, they, and they're and they still there. Cody yeah, had MJF to take still the lashes. has Cody's ring. Yep. Cody had to take the lashes. He had to beat Wardlow in a fantastic cage match, but where Cody had to pull the card angle and jump off the top. And then Cody lost MJF. And you know what? The next week, not talked about it no more. <laughs> but, and then meanwhile, but then meanwhile, we have this MJF Jericho
1: feud that went on for months and months and months and months and months, and MJF beat Jericho and beat Jericho and beat Jericho over and over and over again. And now, in the like final like, let's do this, let's be done with it. Oh no, now Jericho wins. And so now and we've still got to have Jericho on the card. Taking up
0: space. The the biggest issue with that is that they had the out. They had the out in the match. MJF hit him with the Judas effect, and he pinned Jericho, but Jericho's foot was on the rope, but Aubrey counted to three. Your dusty finish. He could have – you could have – the referee, it could have been final. MJF could have got all the heat. The world could have known Jericho didn't lose, but he had to go because the refs – refs ruling is final – and Jericho could have came back eventually and said, look, Tony, I deserve one more match. And he could have got his match back then after MJF was the biggest dude in the company. But nope, MJF's probably going to go feud with this guy or that guy. They'll feed him to Punk next and let Punk let him go to sleep. You, when <laughs> he's when supposed to hit him in the head, but he's going to hit him in the chest because Punk ain't never hit a good GTS. It's just ridiculous to me. And look. I'm saying all this, and I loved All Out. All Out was fantastic. All Out was an A-plus pay-per-view because it was perfect in the night. But it's not Sunday no more.
1: Well, and and again, the bigger issue is, you know, if you look at the best storyline storylines, a lot of them aren't, like, the best storyline they got going right now is Moxley, and
0: that's not their storyline. It's New Japan's. (laughs) By the way, someone clearly asked Moxley, who do you want to feud with? And he said Japan. All
1: of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, the door's open? Give me all them motherfuckers. Everybody. I couldn't <laughs> go over there forever, so like I need all them motherfuckers.
0: And Kyle said it perfectly, because that's clearly leading to a major match at that's Wrestle so Kingdom. Good <laughs> It's not even AEW. Like, like, what are we doing? No, but
1: this is their bet Like, right now, with everything that's going on, you know, especially because we don't know what the actual storyline's going to be with Brian Danielson. We don't know what Adam Cole's going to actually be doing. All we know is they debuted. Yes. So, like, right now, the best actual storyline that is still going at the conclusion of All Out, not the ones that were ended by All Out, is Jon Moxley. And it's a New Japan storyline. It's yep. not
0: news. Yep. So it, it's... But it's, if it's, it's going to get me Minoru
1: Suzuki on my television, Kazenina Ray.
2: And also, it's it seems to be working for them right now. Like oh, we, yeah. at, at the very least, we have the to say, give them that. It's working. Good. The it's working. shows are good I've in said, the moment.
0: I've said ad nauseum. All Out is yeah. one of the best pay-per-views I've seen all year, if not the best pay-per-view I've seen all year. But again... We have to get over this. Well, something was great, so that means everything was great. No, it was great that night. Let's move on to the next thing. Well, Dynamite might be good. And Dynamite great be doesn't good mean in the night.
1: perfect is yes, the other part. Great doesn't important. mean perfect. It was really fun. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. That doesn't mean that it was perfect. That doesn't mean that there aren't things I can
0: still criticize. Well, it clearly wasn't perfect because Big Show was in the match. It was on the, was on the card. It definitely wasn't perfect.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, no disrespect to him I love him, don't get me wrong He is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers Christian Cage is your main event Right now, bro For your um, world title I mean, uh, and this shade goes to Im- And this shade goes to Impact, too He's your world champion
2: I was just about to say, is he their world champ over an Impact? Like, uh, oh, I'm so surprised <laughs> that he got That he got like, dusted I mean, in about and, five and minutes and again, by Kenny
1: Omega. and again I love Christian I love Christian. He's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. And the finish to that match was great. The one-winged angel from the top turnbuckle, that was beautiful. But, like, Christian Cage was in your main event in 2021
0: for the uh, world title. I mean... Uh, hey, Jay Corgill almost had a, a wardrobe malfunction, though. So, hey, for the tax mask. I mean, you know, as Red Velvet would say, stir it up. Stir it up. Can you give me the toxic mask dance one more time? (laughs) Carl, can you give me the toxic Mask dance one more time? Oh. There's one more thing we got tonight, right? Do you want to talk about Kevin Owens? I
1: mean, so, like,
0: we could talk about it. Rumor has it that
1: Kevin Owens' deal is going to be expiring um, within the next couple of months. And uh, he will, you know, need to renew that potentially. Um, And, you know, people are speculating because he had made some kind of cryptic tweet with the coordinates to Mount Rushmore. And that was his old little stable with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And so people are wanting to speculate that maybe he's going to go to AEW as well. And, I mean, I'll give you my thoughts and then I want to hear what y'all think. My thought is, if he wants to go, he has literally done everything. He has been the universal champion. He has had WrestleMania moments. He has, you know, you name it, he's done it. So, like, if he wanted to go and do something else, I could see that. could absolutely see that. Um, I could also
2: see him being happy where the money is right now. Yeah, I mean he is a he's a family man, and so those decisions that when you are a family man, you have to make very calc- more calculated decisions typically. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, I would be. He's another one that if when he, if he, if he were to go to AEW, depending on what it was that he was doing, I could see myself saying, "Okay, I want to tune in" because I know oh, you guys know Steen that Steen I'm very high on Kevin on Owens that, and always
1: have been. Oh, if Kevin Steen shows up on Dynamite, I'll be hype as fuck. Just because, like, he makes the most of the restrictions that he has to work within within the WWE. Like Kevin Steen, with no restrictions other than like, don't drop any f bombs on television and try not to kill someone. Here you go.
0: (laughs) I'm so look. I don't think he should leave once again because this is this is an issue of. Is it creative creative fulfillment or do you anybody leaving WWE to go to AEW because they want to be have a better spot? You're stupid. Sorry. Sorry. Any other reason? I can understand that. You you want a lesser, uh, well, I don't even understand the lesser thing because WWE isn't touring, but if you could if you say you want an easier uh schedule with comparable money, have at it. You want to be creatively fulfilled and you're not there in WWE, have at it. You want to hang with your buddies and and, and have a good old time, have at it. But if you're leaving WWE and you're a guy like Kevin Owens, who's in the upper mid to main event card and you just vacillate wherever they need you at the time, to go to AEW where they have 75 main main eventers, you're stupid. With that being said, if I hear unsettling differences, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Although Penta's there, so he can't. The, the package pile driver doesn't mean the same because they have spammed I mean, it he could to keep hell.
1: Pow- he could keep the pop up power bomb though, because that's just great. I don't give a fuck. So here's the, I, so
2: here's the question then: If you had to guess, is he leaving?
1: I mean, so my thought would be legitimately. My thought would be, you know, only if it is a creative fulfillment decision, and I could see him making that because he has done literally everything. His his would not be a case of I have things that I haven't accomplished. I'm not being given what I want. I'm not being used how I want. His would literally be a case of, yeah, I've done all this. I've been here for a really long time. I've really enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun. I want to go do something else now. Bye.
0: So I'm going to say yes, he leaves. I'm going to tell you why. Two reasons. Number one. I have learned that if A.W. makes a tease, they oftentimes are not just teasing the tease. It's coming because I just knew that Seance shit with Adam Cole was some bullshit. And that motherfucker came back from the dead. Secondly, A.W. was built and seems to live for the purposes of fucking over Ring of Honor. And so they literally have Ring of Honor from the year 2002 to 2010. So, Does like, that mean they're
1: gonna try to get Seth Rollins next?
0: Well, Seth ain't uh, leaving, him... but they show sure gonna try to get Sammy and Cesaro. Absolutely. No, Cesaro
1: literally just resigned last year.
0: That's a good point. And Cesaro. So they're
1: gonna try to get Sammy.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, come on now, you're not gonna have Steam. I I will say this.
1: I mean, if, I El, can... Generic, if El Generico oh. emerges oh. from the abyss. I... Well, hold on.
0: Oh. Hold on. I will because I'm, I'm 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 getting that. Kevin Steen is literally Kevin. No, they're the same person. It's just yeah. more attitude because you can do different things, right? If that, if Sammy is forced to put that fucking mask back on and be generic again, I will be, I know not the same person wink, but I will be so upset for him. He, he better be Remy Sabay or, or something. You it's oh, like? no, no.
1: I could see no. him doing both. I could see him doing both. I could see him carrying out, like, both gimmicks simultaneously. You he Chris Daniels
0: now, Curry Man?
1: Oh, oh, I, you couldn't see him doing that? Like, I could absolutely see Sammy, duh, like, being, like you said, being Remy or whatever, and also secretly being Generico. And part of the gimmick is... I don't know who Generico is, man. That's bullshit. You're not the same person. What do you mean we use the same moves? I've never, I've never even, I have never even been in the same room as El Generico.
0: I, I, look, nothing shocks me anymore. Like, nothing shocks me anymore. So, I, I, I honestly you know do think, unless they announce it at this point, and mind you, this is a different story than Adam Cole because Adam Cole's story popped up because neither Adam nor WWE knew his contract was up. They were both surprised. In this case, this isn't being reported as Kevin Owens or WWE is surprised. It's just being su- re- reported that the initial report that his contract was up is up earlier than that. So for all we know, he might have already resigned. For all we know, they might have been working on it this whole time. We don't know none of that. With Adam Cole, from the moment the report was ev- we knew quite frankly and matter of fact that this was a shock and that that man, out of the goodness of his heart, said, I'm not going to fuck y'all over. A handshake deal. Let's get to take over. So this might not be that. We might be talking all this for nothing. This man might be sitting home enjoying his $1.5 million deal he just finagled out of the old man. So we don't know. That's fair. It's perfectly fair. I mean,
1: I will say this. No disrespect to Adam Cole because I love Adam Cole. If Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were to leave that company, that is a much bigger blow to them. That is a much bigger blow to them. If Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were to leave that company, that is like a huge, huge hit to that mid- well, it, it is
2: anyway, because Adam Cole never spent any time on the main roster. Outside of what, maybe a survivor, the Survivor Series stuff? couple of matches. Couple yeah, matches, I mean, yeah. but he was never ever actually on the roster as a mainstay. You're right.
1: I I just mean like, you know, I know Adam Cole's a big deal and would have been a big deal. Right. Regardless, but like Sammy and Kevin already are.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just just pretty much reiterating. Like, holy shit. That's like a huge fucking deal. I don't find Adam Cole leaving to be that big of a deal personally i know it sounds terrible but it's also the fact no. that he was overshadowed by brian danielson you also weren't as big into the indie right. scene when he was right. big it, on but it to, yeah.
0: but, to, but to carl's point adam cole was not a big deal for adam cole leaving was not a big deal to the wwe in general because again like how like carl was saying to to this point he was just a guy in nxt he wasn't the guy that made any noise on the main roster that made their most money Adam Cole even was a big deal for them in the future because the kid is like twenty nine, yeah, and he grew up his whole life. Won the main event WrestleMania as the WWE champion. This was a guy you could have for the next twenty years at the top of your card. So now he he still may go back eventually, but that that hurts for the future. But in the moment, no, losing Braun hurts. uh, Losing. Adam Cole, right now because Braun's main event in WrestleMania. Braun has won a world championship. Braun has made event pay-per-views. Braun has drawn legitimate money. I'm not saying Adam Cole couldn't have done all that. He never was given the opportunity.
2: Right. Basically, yeah, it's just my my deal is like Adam Cole was the featured guy for the show that couldn't beat AEW. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just you know. And Adam Cole is good as he is, is and, great,
0: you know, but still. And Kevin Owen's. Kevin Owens has stunned and had a feud with Logan Paul. Like, yeah, that man is huge and relevant.
1: Can I also just say, like, he is huge and relevant, but, like, (laughs) I won't pay money to see him get his ass beat out of principle because that's how he makes his money. But, like, (laughs) I would legitimately pay someone good money to beat his ass in a not real fight, in an actual beat the fuck out of him way.
0: I don't have so much of a problem with Logan Logan anymore because he seems to have, and it could be all bullshit, he seems to have, seems to understand that I got a lot of fucking shit wrong with me, I need to work on it. It's the little brother who needs to get his ass beat.
1: Oh, all them little little Nick Carter ass, all them little Nick Carter ass white people (laughs) get my blood (laughs) boiling. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Jake does look like Aaron Carter that is hilarious they,
1: it's the Nick Carter it's the Nick Carter redux because everything happens again nostalgia is back
0: oh man uh, this has been quite the show because I don't think we, this was anything what we planned it to be
1: oh no this this went off we talked social justice this week <laughs> we talked uh, short sightedness nearsightedness and then we <laughs> ended with Nick Carter
0: can can I end on this note? Sure. Since we since we so rarely have our good brother Carl with us, I want to cede the floor to you with one final question. Okay. You are the oldest of us three. You are the oldest wrestling fan of us three. Not just in age, but you've been watching wrestling longer than I, than all of us, right? I think you predate me by a couple of years. Maybe, yeah. Um. You also have been the most disenfranchised with wrestling over the past few years. What would it take for you, not WWE, not AEW, not one company, but wrestling in general, what would it take for you to keep you interested or to get you to watch regularly or care regularly again about professional wrestling or sports entertainment? Since people give a fuck about them being two different things.
2: (laughs) What would it take? Man, that is a really, really difficult question for me to answer because
0: sometimes I'm not sure that I even know the answer to that. It's one of those and for things. For the record, the, it's completely hypothetical. So if the answer is you won a million dollars, that's the answer. It's completely right. Hypothetical. Well, I, I will, I will say this: the, the, Well, there are the thing about what I do.
2: What I there's a section in time of the year that I watch wrestling. It's always from the Rumble up to WrestleMania. I always watch that part of it. Okay, because that part. Of the year for WWE at least Not counting all the other promotions that I don't Typically watch That's the time of year where they have to look They're at the top of their game And everything is the best because they kind of have to be Like this is the point of the year that you Put all your eggs in that basket Really you know you're trying to sell this massive Stadium out and you know WrestleMania is your show Pull out all the stops That's the time when I feel like wrestling is At its best for them I don't typically feel like now that they do enough to make me care about the other nine months out of the year, the other eight or nine months out of the year. Like, and part of that is I do have other interests. So it's very easy for me to say, eh, extreme rule. I don't think this counts. Yeah, maybe it does. It's easier for me to say, I'm not going to watch extreme rules this, this month because I'm just going to watch whoever's playing on Sunday night football because the NFL is more entertaining to me. Sure. But it used to not be that way. You know, like it used to be, I would rather watch the pay-per-view than watch the football game. So whatever, ha- I don't know if it's just how I've changed as a person or if or if the fact that wrestling doesn't hasn't found a way to tick that box. But it's one of those things for me where you'll know because when I'm actually into it, I'll actually be much more likely to be excited about talking about it. Now, I feel like a lot of times when I come on the show, a lot of times I'm having to BS my way through stuff because the stuff that's happening on the shows, very little of it appeals to me. And I understand, I also understand, the one thing that I do understand as as a wrestling fan is that it's not all about me. It's not all for me. Like there's so many more demographics and people that should be able to enjoy this as we've discussed in the past wwe especially being a variety show of sorts but there's a little something for everyone and whereas AEW is kind of geared towards one group and i understand i do understand that but and i'm not asking for the attitude error back because i don't want any of that crap but i just think that they're gonna have to do it's hard to say it's gonna take something that blows my socks off you know the roman reigns storyline Has been very good. Um, There's a couple of returns I I enjoy. I mean, of course, seeing Becky back, but most of that is because of my kids. You know, they like Becky. So it's going to take those things, and I think it's going to take... Sometimes I feel like WWE, even though they don't feel like they're challenged necessarily, sometimes I wish that they felt that way. Because back when they felt challenged and they had their backs up against the wall, they were always at their best. And I don't feel like when... Complacency has somewhat kicked in for that for them in some ways, and so in a way, I'm glad that AEW exists because at the very least, maybe just maybe one day they might challenge them. Maybe ten years down the road, five years down the road, I don't know. Um, so to answer your question, I said a lot of things without really saying anything. To answer your question, I honestly don't know. I really don't know. It's it's just a it's a cop out answer, but I just don't have a clear cut response to that. About five minutes
0: of absolute beautiful bullshit.
1: And on that note, y'all, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Schmores. You can find our good brother Rance on Twitter at
0: Outsider Curving.
1: <laughs> False. Um, K E R V I N. And you can find our good brother Carl on Twitter at
2: It's Ray Cash. R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars.
1: Well done. And of course, y'all, we are, uh, the show is at Outsiders Edge CS. We are part of the ChairShot Radio Network at ChairShot Media, where you
0: always use your head.
1: And remember, y'all, we here at The Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen Going to do uh, doing everything we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to say some things that you might not want to hear but need to be said, such as, CM Punk is a raging hypocrite and doing everything that he said he hated. And other times we're going to hit you with some fun things like AEW does a lot of really fun stuff, but it's a constant sugar rush and we need them to slow it the fuck
0: down. Eat your vegetables, kids.
1: But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you got to respect that. Because, well, just like Impact doesn't respect their world title, (laughs) we sure don't Uh... give up. Fuck!
0: Fuck Impact and fuck them.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time.